For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. This week it's a full house and that means first up and leading the line is Carl. Carl, how have you been in the past week? Yeah, good Dan at the moment. You know, all these wins that keep coming out of nowhere, we don't know what to do with ourselves, do we? So always, always happy after a win, mate. Enjoy it, Carl. Just enjoy it. That's all you need to do, mate. <laughs> that also means that fresh from his scouting trip last week, James is back in the fold. James, it's been a while since we last spoke, but I hope all is well. Yeah, mate, as Carl says, it's, it's great to get some uh, some wins uh, on the podcast. Uh, I think things are going to take a little bit of getting used to still, but as long as we're getting good results, that's all that matters. Absolutely. And once again, I'm handing up debut caps for this version of the podcast anyway. And that means Emma Story joins us. Emma, I hope all is well with you. And have you been racking up the football air miles this season? I have very much so. I was there on Saturday. I will be back in Manchester on Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, very much uh, enjoying what's happening at the moment. Uh, taking a while to get used to the new guys in charge. But, you know, so far, so good. Absolutely. Right. Let's uh, talk some football. But before we do, let's get the social media bits out of the way first so we can dissect Saturday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Come On You Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COYS underscore COM. And we're on all the major audio platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc, etc. Right then, let's get down to business. And that business, before we take to the pitch, is the fact that the FA Cup third round draw has just taken place. And Cole, it turns out a trip to Middlesbrough is on the horizon. What do you make of that one? Yeah, pretty good draw, to be honest, Dan. You know, they're struggling at the moment, aren't they? So... You know, I think, you know, the FA Cup won't be one of their priorities, probably, um, where we know, I think, for us, Jose is going to take this really seriously. And I can imagine we'll put a decent side out because this is probably our most realistic chance of winning something this season. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that draw. You know, it it won't be an easy game, but it's one that I see us getting through and, and hopefully starts the road to the final. James, obviously there's the Jonathan Woodgate connection. I would imagine he'll still be in charge of Borough by the time we get there, even though they've been pretty poor in the Championship thus far. He was responsible for the winning goal the last time we won a trophy. You'd hope he doesn't get in our way for the quest of the next one. Yeah, I think, uh, as Carl says, it's a good draw for us. Um, Obviously, Woodgate's got got a bit of a Tottenham connection there, so it'll be a nice evening for him. But hopefully, uh, we'll we'll get the job done. It'd be nice to see a nice professional job um, go, go there, get the points on the board, give uh, give a few of the fringe lads a, a bit of a run out. Um, hopefully no injuries. And, and as, as you start, as you rightly say, Mourinho is going to take this one seriously. So uh, so fingers crossed that it's um, it's a professional job when we get them out of the way. I can tell you've been media trained, James, because you just said points on the board for a cup game. But I'll let that one slide. Oh, let's let's <laughs> let's cut that bit out, all right? Shall we? <laughs> no, no, that one's staying in. Emma, so we've asked the question on the show a couple of times, but it's always good to get a range of views. After what has happened in the first few months of this season, would an FA Cup final for you be a satisfactory end? It's uh, a really good question. Actually, I'm, I'm quite conflicted for an answer. I think if Pochettino was still here, I would say yes, um, because obviously our league form has not been particularly spectacular so far this season. Um, but I think... I don't know. I'm I'm still the reason I'm conflicted is because in my mind, you don't fire someone who's taken us as far as Pochettino has if you're not bringing someone in to win the big trophies. And, uh, you know, Jason Mourinho, he has for all his faults. He has been there. He has done that. He has won the lot. Levy quite clearly is going for the strategy that this can be the guy who's going to bring major silverware to Tottenham. So for me, um, do you it comes down to that argument about do you class the FA Cup as major silverware? I mean, the FA Cup has always been my first love. It was the trophy that I remembered us winning first when I was a kid. Um, you know, magic of 91 is amazing. Um, but do, do you, I don't know if the same value is placed on it in this current uh, climate as was perhaps when, you know, I was a kid and a teenager. Um, and has Daniel Levy really hired Jose Mourinho to win the FA Cup? I suspect the answer is no. Um, but I mean, for me, like any trophy would be a, a joy. So I'm not definitely not going to turn my nose up at it. And I hope that uh, Mourinho continues to take it as seriously as he appears to have taken the domestic competition, uh, domestic cups at other clubs he's been at. 
Um, so it would be a good step to me, but I don't know if I'd call it an unqualified success, bearing in mind um, who we've brought in as manager. I think the general consensus is that if we can use the FA Cup victory, not just the final, that is, as a springboard to much greater things, that being, mm-hmm. you know, really charging for a Premier League, going even further in the Champions League and winning that, then you'd think this would actually be, you know, the first step to, I guess, Mourinho justifying his hefty wage packet as well. So, like you say, I don't think anyone's going to turn their nose up should that happen, you know, success at the end of this season. But it's not the clear objective as to why he was brought in. Of course, Carl, the other objective that he could win this season, you know, we're not going to uh, rule this one out just yet, is the Champions League. And although it was far from perfect against Olympiakos, the job was finally done in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it started off really badly, didn't it? I mean, you couldn't get such a worse start. You know, we went there with all the hype, feeling really confident. You know, he picked a side we was all happy with. Um, and then, you know, you're kind of watching those first 20 minutes in kind of disbelief because we just couldn't believe how bad it was, you know. And full credit to them because they came and, and they really did a job on us in those early stages, didn't they? And we just couldn't contain them, couldn't cope with them. You know, they had the number 10 who was tearing us to shreds. Um, unfortunately, there were some defensive errors that are creeping in more and more often, aren't they? You know, Rose's clearance for the first goal, Winks jumps in, Gazaniga could probably be better positioned. And before you know it, we're two down again from the corner and thinking this wasn't what it was meant to be tonight. Um, but fair play, you know, we get lucky with that first goal. But from that point on, you know, we took control of that game and got the job done. And we needed to because we didn't want to be going to buy and um, needing to have to get anything out of that game to qualify. So job done. In the end, it was more comfortable than it, it looked like it was going to be to begin with. And James, the key moment in the game, apart from a ball boy assist, was the substitution of Eric Dyer in the 29th minute. So how often do you see managers pretty much admit, yep, I'm getting this one wrong, but also see the justification of their changes come the end of the game? Well, it was one of the one of the very few uh, criticisms that a lot of us had for for Pochettino was that we weren't ever seeing substitutions before the 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 80th minute, if if that you know it, the players that Poch was was throwing on um, towards the end towards the end of the game were never going to have enough time to settle into the game or have any kind of effect on it. And I think you know if if Pochettino had been in charge for that Olympiacos game, we put him in the same situation. I think he'd have he'd have kept with the same uh, same eleven until until way into the second half, and so um, it, it's something that we knew Mourinho was was never going to be uh, afraid to do. Um, he, he's, he was going to shake things up if you weren't pulling your pulling your weight, then uh, he, he was going to pull you. Um, in in that case, it wasn't Eric Dyer um, being being poor, although he did look a little bit off the pace. He wasn't moving the ball as fast as some other players, so I think that's why it was him that was pulled. But he wasn't. Uh, particularly standout poor because you know the rest of them were absolutely awful so I think it was just a change of system and uh, and it was a brave move from Mourinho, you know, but it clearly it clearly paid off because you know Ericsson had one of his better games this season um, and you know we, we were talking on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that there's clearly still a footballer in there um, in Christian Ericsson and uh, and, he, and he's proved it for us so you know if he's playing if he's playing well, he can be a really useful player for us, whether he wants to leave or not. But yeah, a, gr- a great switch by Mourinho to to, to change things up and, and go up, get get, us, get ourselves back on the front foot. After the game, Mourinho said to the press that he, he explained to Dyer, look, you know, you weren't necessarily playing bad, but I had to do this for the better of the team. So coming across more humble. So for you, Emma, how is this more humble Jose Mourinho working for you? Is it, you know, him turning over a new leaf or is this part of a charm offensive that's going to be needed to win a lot of fans over? Yeah, I mean, I, I might be the worst person to ask about this because <laughs> I am a cynical journalist and I spent a lot of my kind of early career covering Jose at other clubs. Um, for me, the jury is still very much out. Don't get me wrong. He has absolutely, since he's come in, he's said every right thing he could possibly say. His behaviour has been consistent. His post-match um, interviews have been very humble and very measured. The lovely stuff with, with Callum, our ball boy, you know, fair play. He's done everything right so far. However, um, I've seen him behave like that at other clubs previously. Maybe not with the same level of humbleness, but certainly knowing how to tap into, um, you know, how the club's fans feel about their team and and, and where they want to go. The key thing for me at the moment is that everything's kind of going our way. I mean, yes, we have, you know, we can spend a whole other hour talking about the defence, but, you know, we can come on to that later. 
Um, but, you know, we've not had any terrible decisions go against us. We've not had any last-minute defeats. Uh, we've not had any dodgy refereeing yet. Um, and for me, the kind of true measure of whether Mourinho's really turned over a new leaf, so to speak, is what's going to happen when things stop going 100% our way, which they will eventually because, you know, everyone is familiar with the new manager bounce. Every manager has a honeymoon period when they come in. Um, and I think we're seeing that at the moment, um, particularly because I, I think it's, it's quite interesting that um, you talked about the team selection for Olympiacos and um, it's interesting about Dyer and Wink starting together because if Pochettino had done that, people would have slaughtered him for it. But because Mourinho does it, it's like, oh, it's a great team selection. But then Mourinho, half an hour in, quite rightly was like, this isn't working. Um, it was absolutely the right decision to take Dyer off. And I do credit him for the boldness in making that decision. But you have to say, well, that was clearly a selection error that he made at the beginning. And had it been Pochettino doing it, that people would not have been quite so forgiving. So um, we're definitely in the honeymoon period at the moment. And Mourinho is definitely saying all the right things and he's doing all the right things and he's certainly coming across very well. But I, you know, I've seen this before from him and I am going to reserve my judgment. I think I'm probably one of the people it will take the longest to win a round. Um, but, I'm, you know, I have an open mind and at the moment results are going our way. So there's not, not really anything I can kind of, you know, complain about. No, you're absolutely right. I think the sense of Jose Mourinho is there's always going to be that boom and bust, isn't there? You know, he just, yeah. it happens, doesn't it? Everywhere he goes, you know, it all starts off well, like you say, honeymoon periods, and it's, you can almost like draw a graph of peaks and troughs. So you just think in the back of your mind, it is going to happen eventually. But I think, like you say, let's just enjoy it while we're winning. So, Cole, um, <laughs> obviously, like you just said, we don't need to get a result in uh, Munich, which is fantastic. You know, no sort of last day drama like last season. That said, you know, it is a dead rubber, but would you like to see the team sort of get some revenge, win that match, give themselves some momentum for the second half of the European Challenge in the new year? Um, if I'm honest, Dan, I think if it's a game where we can maybe rest a few key players, you know, in, in what is a busy time of the season, then I'm all for potentially, you know, giving some, you know, rotate the because, you know, we do need to use these perfect time to give some players a rest. Um, and actually, this game is one of those perfect opportunities. You know, you can go in, make some changes, rest some key players, kind of too harmful. But I think they will want to go there and make a, one of the, a real statement for himself to say, listen, I'm going to take this club and we're not going to go to these big teams and kind of be cannon fodder for them. So I can see him probably still wanting to go there and put on a real performance and get a result. Um which, you know, fair play, as Emma said, he's come into, you know, with this idea that, you know, the view is he will want to win major trophies with us. You know, I think this season the FA Cup is the realistic aim and then from there on we build. But Jose, I don't think, will be ruling himself out of this year's Champions League, given, you know, his pedigree in it. So I think he'll put out a reasonably strong side. But for me, I wouldn't be too worried if we went there and didn't put out our strongest. You know, if Harry Kane was rested, I wouldn't be too upset given the fact that we're through um, and, and we're coming into what is a real busy period of the season where we're going to need those players fit and rested. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point, actually. When you've got, what, four Premier League matches in the space of 10 days and you don't need to get a result in Munich, like, why take the, the risk that could happen, you know, dare I say, a big injury to someone and we'd be doomed for Christmas and we don't want that. So, James, on the face of it, we've obviously played three matches under Jose Mourinho. We've won all three. The culmination of that trilogy came on Saturday as we got the better of Bournemouth. So, there's no doubting that our attack is firing all cylinders, you know, back to what it was a couple of seasons ago. However, you get the feeling this defensive complacency is going to catch us out eventually if it continues. Absolutely. I think, I think that's why... Um, a lot of Spurs fans have been quite reserved in in their uh, Mourinho loving kind of. Uh, you rightly say about the honeymoon period. Everyone, everyone's kind of everyone's happy that we're getting the results in. It, it's it's everything's yeah, you know, it's great. Um, but there's still those kind of reservations about how Mourinho hasn't really sorted us out at the back. We we still look um, very very touchy at the back. We we have a tendency to switch off quite often in games, which is. Um, which is gonna is gonna come back to bite us in in the bigger bigger matches when we can't rely on our front four to um, to, to create so many chances to score so many goals that it allows our defence to be so shaky and so loose um, then we we won't we won't be winning games it's simple as that um, 
I think it's it's the one thing that we thought Mourinho was going to be so good at. You know, we thought that he was going to come in, we was going to start playing boring football, winning games one nil, uh, and it's been quite the opposite, really. It's been very Jurgen Klopp. If you score three, we'll score four. Um, so I think it's it's something that needs addressing. It's, and Mourinho will know that as well as as well as the rest of us. And hopefully that's that's what they're gonna, they're going to be working on for for the next few weeks. Um, you know, we've we've got some really good defenders. There is, there's no doubt that you know, there's, there's some raw talent in that defence. And so, if we can get them honed, there's no reason we can't have one of the the better defences in the league. But you know, conceding to and and making it, a, you know, a, against West Ham, making it a contest in the last couple of minutes, we just we just didn't need to do. Starting so slowly against Olympiakos was was awful. You know, the first half in general was was awful up until up until stoppage time. Uh, and again, same against Bournemouth this weekend. Just sloppy, a bit, a bit of sloppy defending, uh, switching off towards the end of the game when we think the game's won. Uh, and, and you know, if, if you take away Jan Vertonghen's last-minute tackle, then we, we've we've given away two points there. If if we if we are going to be really sloppy, so Mourinho will have will have taken that all of that on board, and hopefully his his next job on his list is to is to sort the defence out because. Uh, he, he's he's worked wonders with players like Delhi already. Um, so why not? Why can't he do it with a raw talent such as Sanchez or or Aurier? Yeah, I mean you'd like to think the turnaround job is not that difficult. If you were working with say Watford defenders, you'd be like, oh god, like what have I got to do to to turn this around? But you know you're right in the sense the attributes are there. It's just there's a bit of a disconnect. And Emma, does that boil down to the fact that if you look at the two league wins that we've had under Mourinho, their parallels are quite eerie. You know, three and up cruising. And then mm-hmm. we're making it really tense at the end. Is that literally just down to the fact that they've checked out and thought, you know, we're freeing up, we've won. And I think almost just because they've had such a barren spell beforehand, they're almost like, OK, well, down in tools in that game. and think, you know, that's it really. And like I say, we'll get them eventually, but we're just about getting over the line at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it does have the feeling, for me, massively of complacency. But it's also a pattern that we've actually seen a lot over the last 12 months. Um, the difference is now is that our attack, as everybody's rightly pointed out, seems to be backfiring on all cylinders again. And, you know, seeing the revival of Delhi, which was kind of starting um, a little bit before Mourinho came in. I think when he scored against Watford, he looked very much more like his old self. And you kind of felt this is the moment for him to kick on. And so seeing him perform the way that he's performing is great. Um, but I do worry as well. I mean, I think complacency is one thing, but I do also worry about... Uh, the long-term future of our defence. And this is where I wonder whether Mourinho can kind of sort it out. Because for me, I think actually we're starting to see that perhaps for Tottenham and Alderweireld, there's a reason that Tottenham, you know, were arguing over new contracts or not wanting to offer correct terms. The fact that nobody came in for Alderweireld in the summer, even though he had a £25 million price tag, which in this market is cheap as chips. um, I think that's telling for a reason. I mean, Jan's tackle on Saturday, you know, saved it from being 3-3, was, was fantastic. But his positioning during a lot of the match against Bournemouth was absolutely terrible. Um, and Toby has been caught flat-footed a lot this season. Now, whether it's because he was so discontented with what was happening previously, I don't know. But I think there's a real issue in the centre of that defence. And it's also, even if Mourinho manages to get it fixed kind of now, short-term, it's not a long-term fix. We need to really be thinking about you know, who our, our future uh, back three slash back four is going to be because, you know, Vertonghen and Aldevira are not it. We have a lot of raw talent. Sanchez has incredible amounts of talent and I think is really starting to develop as a defender. Um, we're not seeing much of Foyt. I don't know why because he's done so well for Argentina. Um, the interesting one for me actually on Saturday was Aurier, who actually I think has played very well since Mourinho has come in. And I think perhaps he's starting to get a little less reckless a little less reckless, which um, I think can only be a good sign because actually he's got a lot of um, potential, I think, to be a good, not just good defensively, but obviously good driving forward. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I'm a kind of, I, I'm, I'm very mixed tonight, but I am, I am, I'm sort of in two minds because I feel like perhaps short term Mourinho can fix it, but um, I think getting out of that mindset of being complacent and thinking that games are won when we're like two nil, three nil up, we're not the team that we were two years ago when that would be the case. Like, you know, a couple of years ago uh, in our title challenging seasons, when we went three and up, you absolutely were like, it's game over, it's fine. Um, I feel like the players are still thinking that too. And they need to, Mourinho needs to undo that mindset in them, I think is a, is a number one thing. 
Yeah, I think if there's going to be fundamental changes within the squad over the next, say, two windows, it's going to be defensively. You know, you look at all mm-hmm. the players that are available in so sorry, that we've got within our ranks att- attacking-wise, you sort of think, well, there's not many changes you would need to justify that actually need to happen. But defensively, you're right that, yes, there's talent there, but how much more can you squeeze out of the likes of the Belgians at the back? And you're probably thinking, not a lot. But... Carl, the reason we had that three-goal lead on Saturday was mainly because of Deli Alley. Not just him. I think it was a good team effort. But we've touched on how important it will be for him to get back to his best. And he's certainly in a purple patch of form. And it shows it's a hell of a lot easier when you're playing your favoured position. Yeah, I think, you know, De- Delhi was brilliant, wasn't he? Always brilliant, making them runs into the box. You know, I always said to someone, one of the things we kind of always lacked before Delhi came along was that kind of 20-goal-a-season midfielder. Um, and all the top sides have those. And when Delhi came, we suddenly found this player that could break into the box at the right time, get on the end of headers, you know, chest something down, volley it in. Um, and that was kind of, he, he kind of lost that from his game, you know, whether that was just moving around positionally. But Jose seems now to obviously have put him back in that position and wants him to make those runs. And not being funny, why wouldn't you? Because that is where Delhi is at his best. And, you know, we've his last couple of performances. When he's doing that, he's a danger and there's a likelihood he'll always get you a goal. So, you know, you've just got to keep doing You know, if, if something works, just, you know, don't mess around with it. Just keep the guy doing what he, he can do and what he does well. Um, and I think if he carries on playing in that position, we'll just see the confidence grow and we'll see that old Delhi come back. And I think we'll be seeing, you know, a lot more goals being scored. Um, and Saturday was strange, wasn't it? Because, you know, he should have had a hat-trick, you know, that chance just after the second. He normally bends that into the top corner as well. Um, and, and really, as a team, we, we could have had a lot more than three on Saturday. You know, we were quite wasteful in good opportunities. You know, the last pass wasn't particularly what it should have been. You know, and Delhi himself was guilty of that on a couple of occasions. You know, Son had a chance where he was through, but kind of delayed and delayed and then got caught. And in truth, it, you know, it wasn't a comfortable game at the weekend. You know, credit to Bournemouth. They came and played really well, to be honest. And, you know, they, they had a fair few opportunities themselves. And they would have been disappointed to be free down. But in all truth, you know, if we'd taken our chances, you know, Harry has a couple of really good chances that you'd have put your mortgage on him burying. You know, that we could have been sort of five up by the time they managed to get one back. Um, so it's all good, you know, attacking wise, as we say, I don't think there's any problems and they're not the key areas for us to look at, say in January, I do think the back four is where the real concern is right now. And James, we just mentioned Toby Alderweireld and, you know, whether he's there short term, long term is a debate that we'll have for many weeks, but there's no debating two great assists on um, Saturday. So for you, how's this return for a direct approach sort of working for you? Because I think in the last few Weeks and months under pot, you could see the the telegraph labour of passing across the back four. So you know, getting it up there is having short term results at the moment, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and if you've got uh, a, a centre half with the incredible range of passing that that Toby Alderweireld has, as as well as the 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 great movement of Deli Ali and oh, you know, unbelievable first touch of Deli Ali, then then why not? You know, what what I, all I hope is that. Um, we're just seeing that as an option. We're not seeing that as our, our long-term strategy. You know, it, it, it's not a strategy. It's an option. Um, and 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 if we've got options to to either go long or play it short, then then that's what's going to really uh, bury teams. You know, it's going to it's going to confuse teams. It means that they can't come to White Hart Lane like teams have been doing uh, early in this season and and being able to set up in a way that uh, that lets us do all our passing in front of them. And uh, it's very, as you say, it's very it's easy for them to read it's very it's just boring you know it's side to side and there's and there's not a lot going on but if we've got a, another option which is to go long to go over the top um then it's it's going to it's going to throw teams off and and as long as we yeah as long as we're not hoping to to stick a a, a peter crouch a fernando lorenzo up top and and make that our long term strategy uh, then I'm very happy, you know. Especially if we can, if it maybe even persuades Toby to to sign the contract and, and stay at Spurs, then then it's killing two birds with one stone. It's 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 only a positive. Well, Emma, we also saw a lesser spotted goal for Musa Sissoko. It'd be yes! <laughs> it'd be unfair to label Jose Mourinho a miracle worker at this stage, but certainly pleasing to see the French international score at the weekend. Oh my God! I think. Oh, I, I have my words. I, I, 
was so, so happy for him. And I don't think, I mean, the whole of, I'm in Park Lane, obviously, in the, in the big stand and everybody went absolutely nuts when he scored. I don't think, I've not seen a goal celebrated like that all season at the lane um, this year so far. Um, it was it was just magic. I was so happy for him. And I was looking it up. I didn't realise it was quite as long as it was. It was actually October 2017 was the last time that he scored in the league for us. Um, so, you know, it's been a really, really long time coming. And what I've always said about Musa, I think the reason that I have kind of such an affection for him is he's someone who has just got his head down and worked and worked and worked and improved and improved and improved. And he has never stopped trying. He's never stopped fighting. And he's always been a positive force within the team. I mean, you know, you never entirely know what you're going to get with him when he gets the ball. He might be able to go 40 yards and lay off a perfect pass for someone to score. Or he might turn into Bambi on ice and like fall flat on his face within three passes. But hey, he's always trying. And um, I think all you want is to see that your players give, you know, 100% on the pitch, which Musa always does. And so that's why I'm just so utterly thrilled for him to get that goal. Um, and it was a good goal. This is the thing. Like, you know, it was like flying angled volley. I mean, who thought that he would have had the ability and the confidence to do that actually even a, a few weeks ago? Like, it's um, it's really, I'm, you know, absolutely thrilled for him. Totally thrilled. Maybe it's the start now. This is it. We talk about Delhi being a 20-goal-a-season midfielder. Maybe Musa's time is coming. Well, this is it. You know, we've opened the box. Imagine the, disappoint- imagine the disappointment, though, Dan. You wait all that time and then your own club get your name wrong when they start. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. <laughs> I think they obviously just didn't know what... To- they weren't prepared for it, were they? They just quick, quick no. type it in and they just like... Yeah, you could see they got that completely wrong. But, of course, it wasn't just a good weekend for Musa. It was a good weekend for Tottenham as a whole. Not only because of the win against Bournemouth, but a lot of clubs around us or above us drop points. Somehow, Carl, we're now fifth in the table. You know, where's that come from? Yeah, cr- crazy, isn't it? it does, you, know, you are only sort of like, you know, a couple of wins away from being back in with a shout. Um, and obviously, at this moment in time, you know, six points away, we're there. Um, but we just need to make sure now we keep this going, you know, focus on the short term, getting these results over the line. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, if we can just do our job, then we'll be in with a shout. You know, obviously, it, you know, we've got Chelsea, to, so we can nick some points back there. Um, and, uh, you know, you assume that they'll drop some more over the course of the season like they did again this weekend. So it's still all to play for. There's such a long way to go. But obviously, you know, that that's just focused short term. You know, we've got a tough game Wednesday where, you know, we will need to be better defensively because, you know, United are a team that actually will have the players that could have really hurt us if we're as slack as we have been. But, you know, we've got to say we're back in the mix. Um and this season, the way it's going, you'll see each team will take points off one another. So there's no reason why we can't, you know, challenge again for that top four. Well, this is it. James, when Jose Mourinho took over the Tottenham job, we were 12 points behind Chelsea. Now it's six. So, what, two, three weeks ago, everyone had written off the Champions League. And I'm not going to get, you know, too hyped up and say, you know, this is a definite top four finish in the making. But it's fair to say the objective has definitely been set for manager and players alike. Yeah, and rightly so, you know. That's the level that we, we always should have been um, looking at and, and, and beyond. You know, it was only because we had such a bad start to the season that, that a lot of us had written it off. And I think it was, it was down to the way we were playing as well. The way we were playing, it, just, it wasn't looking like things were going to get any better. Um, not, not anytime soon, anyway. You know, we, we kept on talking on this podcast about how um, we were just waiting for that run of games that, that you know, we always seem to go on. Every season, there's a run of games where we, we look untouchable and we look brilliant and we just don't lose a game. Uh, and that is what we we base our, our our entire season off. It's what kicks us on for you know to 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 stay in that top half. And it just didn't look like we were going to go on one of those runs. And so it, it it a lot can change in a couple of weeks in 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 this Premier League. You know everything's so tight. As you rightly say, we looked out of it, and now we're you know we're we're in the top five. It's it it's quite ridiculous. But it also means that if we go on a, a couple of games without a win. That we'll be right back in the bottom half, and, you know, and that's that's not why we want to be. So it's all about consistency in this league, and you know, Leicester have had an absolutely fantastic start to their season, but if they go on a couple of bad games, then they're going to drop off it. And and you know, it's it's teams playing with confidence are, are really dangerous. You know, look at Sheffield United. I think they're they're playing some really really good football um, because they're playing with confidence and they have a they've got a game plan. Leicester are the probably the most confident team in the league. Uh, at the moment, they've got young, hungry players, and 
but all it takes is, is a couple of run of defeats uh, and they're going to be right back down where they where they think they don't belong and it's the same for Tottenham really um, hopefully we can just keep up the momentum and, and we will go on one of those runs that that means, means that we can afford to to lose a couple of games, maybe. But if we've got a, a run of ten games without a, without a loss before that, it means we can afford to do it. And Emma, how pivotal is the home game against Chelsea going to be in three weeks' time? A win there, and I think it's fair to say, sets up very nicely for the new year, doesn't it? It sets us up nicely, but it's it's not pivotal. I think we actually need to be careful about building it up too much. Um, I say it every season, and it's like I'm a broken record, but. Nothing is decided by Christmas. Literally nothing, ever. I mean, possibly the bottom side in the league, if they're bottom at Christmas, are probably going down. But other than that, nothing is ever decided by Christmas. And there are always going to be peaks and troughs in how our form goes, how every team's form goes. The Chelsea game is really important. I think it would give us, a, you know, it's the perfect spot to be able to, to really close that gap on the top four, having had such a bad start. But it is not the be-all and end-all. I get really wary of kind of building an, our, our entire narrative around that game because now we have literally Mr Chelsea as our manager. It's going to have enough hype and enough craziness surrounding it as it is without us hyping all the pressure on it that if we don't win this, then we kiss goodbye to top four because it's just not, not true as a narrative. Um, it is really important, but it's it's not the be-all and end-all, not, not as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know if that's me being too boring and measured and pragmatic and looking at a 38 game season but I mean we are literally we're not even halfway through you know we've only played 14 games like it's still two-thirds of the season to go no game right now is pivotal it would be great for us to beat them with their manager their former manager uh, in charge of us would be brilliant uh, and possibly then overtake them at, you know in the top four if results continue to go our way but it's it's really not the be all and end all at this at this stage of the season and I think we should guard against thinking that personally no I think that's a fair statement I think very measured there's nothing wrong with that I think <laughs> what we should take into account regardless of how pivotal Chelsea at home will be in three weeks Cole is the fact that we sort of looked at the fixture list at the start of the season and almost winced with the sort of the away fixtures but you flip that over we've got all of them Liverpool Man City Man United Chelsea Leicester even Arsenal all at home to come so it's almost you know not in our favour but we're going to have a big say as to where the uh, the top prizes are ended coming into the season yeah I mean you know it, it was great to get those early you know big games out of the way away from home wasn't it because you always think well in the running you'd much rather face those bigger sides at your own place than going away you know we'd always seem to play Liverpool late on you know, at Anfield which you then think oh god you know we don't fancy that or City at the Etihad um, but now they're gone they're out of the way um, you know and obviously Arsenal's done I agree with Emma, you know, the Chelsea game is going to be hyped anyway now with Mourinho. Um, so, you know, we don't, you know, that won't be the be-all and end-all game if, if we was to lose it even. But those having those sides at home gives us a bit more an advantage. You know, obviously, whenever you play City and Liverpool, you're kind of thinking, well, you know, they are going to be the better side on the day, possibly. But we can turn, we can beat anyone on our day. And that little bit of home advantage might just help. So if we can make sure we do our stuff at home um, and then just make sure we don't slip up to those, you know, smaller sides when we face them. Because, you know, that has been our Achilles heel over the years, isn't it? You know, we've, we've sometimes beaten the better sides and then going, obviously, you know, over previous years, drop points at Wigan or Sunderland or somewhere like that. So, you know, it, it is slightly in our advantage, um, but we just need to make sure that we're playing well. And by the time those games come round, Jose would have had a bit longer with that squad. And hopefully, you know, January, we'll see at least a couple of signings and we can go into that new year more confident because that's when, you know, after Christmas and once that new year's out of the way, that is when we really start to see, you know, the table take shape and see who's going to really be in the mix for the top four and fighting for the title. So we just need to make sure we're still in it around that time and we haven't let some silly results go. And James, looking at the treatment table, what do you do about left-back? Because Ben Davis out for a lengthy amount of time. Yamba Tongan played there on Saturday. Wasn't great. You know, obviously a last-ditch moment at the end, which saved the win, but on balance, wasn't, you know, fantastic. So is that a viable concern going forward for the next few weeks? Does Sessegnon get his chance? Of course, there's Danny Rose. If you're the boss, what are you doing? Uh, personally, I, I stick with uh, Jan Vertonghen. Um, I think even though it wasn't perfect there at the weekend, I think 
Um, he's still got the attributes that we want from a left back in that he's he's got that end product as well as well as being able to defend. Um, even though it's not his his natural position, I think he he he's got the attributes to go ahead and make it his own. It's probably not where he wants to play too, but. Um, Danny Rose for me has been a little bit of a car crash this season and, and so it'd be a little bit suicidal maybe to, to go ahead with him as, as our first choice left left back um, he's, he's a frustrating Danny player, player Danny Rose is because you know we've seen how good he can be we can see how he consistently can make the England team and uh, and perform in certain games but then you know this this season especially he's, he's given away so many stupid balls he's he's, he's, he's conceded a lot of goals for Tottenham Hotspur this season, and uh, and for me, Jan, he's played played left back at Old Trafford before. I remember him scoring at Old Trafford playing left back. So um, I think he's got the experience, he's got the attributes, he's got the final product. I think Jan going forward um, can really make that position his own. With with Danny Rose um, taking a bit of the pressure off in in you know the lesser games, if 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 Jan hasn't got the legs, you know. Um, I don't think Sessegnon um, is is, our, is the answer to our left back problem. I think Mourinho um, sees him more as an attacker uh, than than a, than a left back. I think he's, he's again he's got the attributes to to become a great left back, but I think uh, he needs to learn that role uh, a little bit more before he goes ahead um, and and becomes uh, you know our starting left back. So uh, I think let's get some minutes on the pitch first and then think about. Uh, maybe maybe moving him uh, and and training him in that in that position. But for me, I think we we stick with Jan uh, on Wednesday and uh, and then Danny Rose can always come off the bench if if we're looking uh, looking at someone to expand the game a little bit more. And Emma, I want to talk to you about atmosphere. Carl was our representative for the podcast at the ground on Saturday, so I wasn't there. But yeah. are people singing Jose's name yet? And has the South Stand, the the wall of noise, has that got any louder lately? Um. It, it, I think the the atmosphere on Saturday was more like the kind of it felt more like home. I think it's the first time that I really felt like it was White Hart Lane. Um, that's not to say that the atmosphere was amazing the whole game. It wasn't. There was extended periods where it was pretty quiet. Um, but I think people are starting to find like their their them find themselves a little bit more um, than they have been previously because. Um, you know, although it's the, obviously it's the best stadium probably in the world, and I mean it's beautiful and 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 we love it, but it's still you know it takes a while for that to bed in. You don't just magically create the the atmosphere of the final season of old White Hot Lane overnight. It doesn't happen that way. Um, obviously, the players winning um, certainly helped, and I think when I so said when Musa scored, you know the roof came off the place. Everybody, that was the biggest goal celebration that I've seen at White Hot Lane this season so far. I think. Um. There was some attempt in the middle of Park Lane to start singing the Jose song. Um, there's one going around at the moment. I think you can probably find it on, on social media. It's on definitely on Twitter. Um, but it didn't really get going. Um, I, I mean, I would not I would not want to speak for the majority of fans, but I know for myself and a lot of the people that I go to the game with, we don't feel like we're ready to start singing Jose's name yet. I don't feel like, you know, it's, it's literally only 12 days since... Pochettino was sacked or 10 days even so um, I think we're not quite in that position where we want to be singing his name maybe if we you know hand out a 5-0 thrashing to Chelsea before Christmas maybe that's when it will really start to take a hold um, but I think you know it's still there's still work to be done on the atmosphere I think on the big games and the big nights um, it's incredible and can be incredible but you know it's still it's gonna. It's still gonna take a while. But I mean, I enjoyed the atmosphere on Saturday. I thought it, it. It reminded me much more of home. I think than it had been previously. Okay, so now time to go to our new segment of the show called Argentina Corner. This might not be weekly, but it's a case. <laughs> it's a case of how our three outfield players of that nationality fit into the squad under the new manager. So, Cole, you get Eric Lamella. What role, if any, will he have under Jose? Oh, and now, now Eric Lamella could be about to come into his own under Jose, couldn't he? Because he is the certain type of player that Jose will love. You know, he, he's not afraid to stick a tackle in. He runs, he runs all day for you. Um, so Jose could actually love having Eric Lamella in the squad and find him a really useful player to have around. So I think if he can just get himself fit, you know, the biggest thing we know with Eric Lamella is, is his fitness. You know, if if he suddenly can't get back fit and can't start getting in the side, 
I don't think Jose will want him around because you can't be carrying a guy who each season plays two or three games and then goes missing for large chunks. Um, but if he can get regularly fit and you know can get a game under Jose, he could find that you know he has a manager who really appreciates. A bit like Poch did because I think Poch really liked uh, what Eric Lamella brought to the squad. And I think Joe would be the same. So it's just his fitness, I think, that's going to cause him the problem. Um, and if he can resolve that and get himself playing, then I think he'll be a big part of the squad under Jose. And James, you get one fourth. Could you see him deployed as a defensive midfielder, especially if the right-back conversion project looks like it's going to be shelved? I, I think, uh, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, was that I, I think he could be such, a, such an important player for us just because he could be so versatile. He could be... Um, what Eric Dyer was for us a couple of seasons ago, in that he could do a job. For, he's so valuable because he could do a job for us in in two or three positions. He's he's certainly um, could be a great centre half. I think that that's obviously where he wants to play and where um, where he probably is best at playing. But the right back conversion uh, has been a success so far. I think if you if you look at Argentina's results while he's played there, they, they haven't been conceding goals while he's been there. Um, he, he's played not just cameo appearances there, he's played full games there. Um, and I think that would have been a part of Pochettino's long-term plan um, was to move uh, for it to, to right back or certainly use him there more than more than um, he did last season. And I think it was, I was, I was there for it. I thought it was a great idea. Um, when you talk about defensive midfield, I think, um, I think people think it's, it's probably easier to, to convert a centre-half to, to a defensive midfielder than it actually is. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot more to, to playing defensive midfield than, than playing centre-half. And so it would certainly take a lot of work. His, his passing is certainly would need to, to step it up a level, especially as, as it, playing in the system that we're, we're playing. We, we need defensive midfielders now that can pass the ball just as well as, uh, as, you know, as, as any other player on the pitch. Um, get, getting the ball through those lines is, is, is a, a massive part of playing defensive midfield for Spurs. And so... That's something he'd really need to work on, um, but it, you know it's certainly a possibility, and and we we're not going to know until until we try. You know, it, signing Moussa Sissoko as a as a right winger, um, and seeing his conversion was a joy to watch. And so you, know, you don't know what's what's going to come, what's going to be next. You know, um, I, my my other worry is that wherever Pochettino ends up next, I think one point might be. Quite near the top of his wish list of his next uh, his his next transfer window, so uh, just just because of the way their relationship has progressed, he's clearly a young player with a, a very a lot of potential, um, and I think he he probably owes Pochettino quite a lot of that. And so um, Poch will probably, if you're Pochettino, you, you want to come back for a player like one Foyt, but um, he, he certainly could be a, a useful player for us, and, and wherever on the pitch it might be. Um, he can certainly do a job for us in, in two or three places. And Emma, you get Giovanni Lo Celso, if only because the copy... Damn it! <laughs> if, if only because the copy and paste merchants today on Twitter have already said he's eyeing up a move. So how much credence to give to that? But more importantly, when will he get his actual opportunity to make a mark in the first eleven? Well, I mean, it's a tricky thing with Lo Celso because we haven't really seen enough of him no. to know exactly where this role is going to be. And it's funny because I saw some of those reports today on Twitter about this whole he's already angling for a move away. He's not happy at not having had playing time. But he's not been fit or been injured for pretty much the whole time that we've had him so far, which included going away on international duty with Argentina and picking up an injury which kept him out for the best part of two months. So... You know, I feel like it would be a little bit rich for him to be turning around and complaining about lack of game time when we've not actually had him to call on. But I mean, this is why, you know, you don't believe everything you read in the papers. Um, I think the tricky thing with Lacelso is that, um, A, he's on loan. So we don't really have like, it's not like we've outlaid a shed load of money on him already. Uh, I know we have an option to buy at the end of the season, but, it, you know, it, it's not a done deal. So it's not like there's a... Um, Mourinho has an obligation to play him uh, and also I do think still I mean this was even a question over the summer but a lot of what may happen with him I think will hinge on whether uh, Christian Eriksen stays at the club um, and I mean it is looking like Eriksen will leave and personally I would like him to leave now um, but I do think that were there to be some massive U-turn and Eriksen was to stay and sign a new contract I think that would spell the end for Lascelles. so full stop I think the sad thing is is that he looked like in the kind of brief glimpses we've seen of him he looked like he had a lot of 
potential. You know, I went out to Belgrade for the Red Star game and he performed really well. I mean, I know Red Star is, you know, they're not the, the, the top side in Europe by any stretch, but it was fabulous to see him actually on the ball and, and, and really being creative and showing a bit of flair and excitement in that midfield role. But I think the problem is, is that, you know, we haven't seen enough of him to know what he should be doing. So it's hard to say that Mourinho has seen enough of him yet to know whether he fits into his, his squad or not. So I kind of feel it's like a, we have to wait and see um, moment with him. Right then, it's time for some Manchester United chat. So we go to Old Trafford on Wednesday and Cole, I think personally, we're going to get our first league clean sheet since September. And for this howling derision from all of you, I'll explain why. <laughs> Right, OK, so Mourinho is going to really, really want to win this one, if only to stick two things up, but his former employers. So I think it's going to be quite pragmatic, you know, the not quite swashbuckling approach that we'll have. So there's that, and also surely the penny has to drop from these defensive scares over the past couple of weeks. So is that a fair bit of logic that I'm putting forward? Oh, I'd like to know what you've been smoking tonight, Dan, to be no, honest, just, just what com- you've seen just, recently. Well, all, all runs have to end at some point, don't they? So. No, you, 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 could, you could be right. Unfortunately, I, I just think the way we're playing defensively, I, you can see us conceding. Um, I think this could be one of them games, you know, neither side are great defensively. You know, you could have one of these classic four threes on your hands at the moment with these two teams because we could score goals for fun. They could score goals for fun. Um, and it might just be who outscores the other. Um, I'm more confident in the fact that, you know, I don't think United are playing well. Um, I think they are there to be got at defensively, which suits us because, you know, going forward-wise, we could tear them apart. Um, But we will just need to shore it up at the back because if we carry on, you know, defending the way we have been, then unfortunately they've got kind of the pace and players that could really cause us some problems. So I I think you're right in the fact that I don't think Jose will be as gung-ho straight away. I think he'll start the game, you know, just saying, listen, you know, the fullbacks will sit. Don't do nothing silly just yet. You know, let the front four do what they do and you just sit back and defend a bit like the West Ham game. Um, but I see us conceding. But to be honest, I think we can get the result. I think you know. I think this could be a you know a three two. Oh no no or, no! Or no predictions just yet. We'll do them oh, in a minute. Uh, uh, gone gone no too problem. early. Well, <laughs> hold that thought, James. Can you see many personnel changes from Saturday, or is it pretty much a case of as you were? I think it could be a case of as you were. Yeah, I think it, with the way that um, we we played, I think it was it was very how Mourinho wants us to play. Um, it also gives us an option, a couple of options on the bench, really. So um, I, I can't imagine there'll be any changes, really. If uh, if, if anything, I mean, I, I, I honestly can't think of anything off the top of my head, to be honest. I think maybe, I, I know I spoke earlier about what I wanted to happen, but I think maybe Danny Rose might come in at left back. But um, that's just me trying to predict Mourinho rather than what, what I what I actually want uh, to, to happen. Um, I, I think I'd, I'd be happy with the lineup and if, if it stayed the same. Um, as I say, it gives us options off the bench. I think we can see a, a little bit more of Lucas Moura. Um, you know, he, he tore them apart at, at Old Trafford a couple of seasons ago. So I think it, that, that he could be a, a massive player for us coming off the bench. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking qu- quite the same as you, Dan. I think I, I think we'll Jose will want to go to Old Trafford and, and get the clean sheet, and then uh, it, that, if that leaves Harry, Sonny, and Delhi to, to 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 work a bit of magic to try and snatch a goal then I think uh, I think we'll get the result and Emma if we do get the better of Manchester United do you think the Red Devils will act and look to install a certain Mr Pochettino anytime soon um I am not massively convinced that there isn't a giant clause in Pochettino's payoff contract that prevents that this season um I would be amazed with Daniel Levy the businessman that he is um, that he will not have inserted some kind of condition that Pochettino will not be allowed to manage another Premier League club this season. That would be that's my personal thought. I don't know if it's true, but I would be astounded given some of the tricks Levy has had up his sleeve over the over the past few years. Um, it's a tricky one with Man United. I think they may well want Pochettino, but the question is, is does Pochettino want to go there? I mean, everybody knows historically that Man United is a huge club, um, certainly in, on the world stage, but. Does Pochettino really want to go back in for another rebuilding job where he's starting again from scratch? Because that's what United is at the moment. They're a total mess, like a shambles. I think the only people, you know, Arsenal are possibly the only sort of traditionally other big club that are in more of a mess at the moment. Um, Does Pochettino really want that when actually I think what he's done with um, us 
over the past five years is um, it's given him the opportunity to move on to another level um, by going to the likes of a Bayern Munich, for example. So um, I think in Man United's dreams, they would want him. But I actually think on a practical level, I don't think this is going to happen for them. And um, they are they have been very vocal in, in backing Solskjaer so far, saying that he's the man, you know, he has the DNA of the club, he understands the ethos, he's good at, you know, bringing the young players through, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, whether he whether he gets the time to see that out if they continue to, to on this poor run of results they're having, you know, that's another story. But I personally don't think Pochettino will end up at Old Trafford this season. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think also in the sense that Pochettino will be looking up the football hierarchy in terms of his next appointment, really, won't he? Like you say, you know, he's almost deserved the rights of manager Bayern, Real Madrid and so on and so forth. So, yes, you can argue that Manchester United are on a higher rung history and size and all that, but in terms of where they are right now, you'd probably think you're better off looking up than over your shoulder. Anyway, right, that brings us on nicely to the prediction game that Cole nearly shot his load too early. But don't worry, Cole, because it's time now. I'll just recap, and also I need to own up because I copped up the scores in last week's episode. So before I clear any scandal, I need to actually uh, recalibrate the scoreboard. Cole, you're top with four points. The guests collectively are on three. I'm on two. And James, you're on one. So it's three points if you get the score bang on, one point for the correct outcome. Emma, as you're the guest and you're representing the guests this episode, what do you think will happen on Wednesday night? Oh, the pressure. Um, I think... I'm going to go with my, the same prediction that I had on Saturday, which was 3-1 Tottenham. Um, and then I nearly got my prediction on Saturday. And then obviously our defence just threw that out the window for me. But um, yeah, I'm, I, th- I don't think there's any way we'll keep a clean sheet at Old Trafford. Even with United's woes, I think our defence is just a bit of a giant mess at the moment. And Mourinho hasn't really got it fixed. Um, so I think there's certainly at least one goal to be conceded there. But then I have full faith in our, our front men going forward. Uh, and particularly with United's... Um, questionable um, performance level at the moment. I think it should be a a respectable win for us. So I think 3-1. And Cole, what have you got for me now? So for me, I, I'm the same. I, I'm going to go for us to score three, but I'll go so for us to con- continue to f- the conceding two at the moment. So I'm going to go for another 3-2 okay. tomorrow. Absolutely going to be fun for you then, Cole, isn't it? It's this continual theme of just conceding two. It's going to give me heart attack, I tell you now. <laughs> All that. Uh, James, I get the feeling it might be a little bit more uh, measured for you. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I still don't, I don't think we'll, we'll quite keep the clean sheet. I think Dan James scares me quite a lot. Um, he, he's definitely got the pace to get in behind us, and especially coming up against some of our uh, questionable defending, questionable fullbacks. Um so, uh, but you know, as the other guys have said, I think our, our front men have definitely got it in them to to produce, and so I'm going to go two one Tottenham. Okay, and I'm going to stick to my clean sheet theory, so I'm going to go two nil Tottenham. So it's Tottenham wins all round. It's just a case of how many we score and or concede. So that's it really for this show. Before we head off, I need to thank my guests and do all the admin. So Emma, an absolute sterling, I guess, debut on this version of the pod. Would you like to join us? <laughs> would, would you like to join us again in the new year? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. Thanks very much. Cole, I believe we're going to do it all again on Thursday night, aren't we? Yes, we are, mate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we are now. <laughs> <laughs> and James, is your busy schedule going to be clear enough to join us on Thursday? Hopefully, mate. You know, I'm a very busy man, as, uh, as a lot of people really want me. But I'll, uh, I'll, look if I, I'll see if I can clear my diary for you. Top man. So, if you have any questions or comments for Thursday's show, send them to either to me, which is at DanTracy1983, or at COIS underscore COM. Engagement is what we want, as we can discuss the points that you want to hear. Also, if you want to be on the show, there's always a spare seat, so get in touch with me. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, and as always, come on you Spurs! For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.